In a world where discrimination is ever so present, mistaken identities seeks to understand the logic behind it. Not to excuse it, but so that we can stop fighting it blindfolded, so that we can dismantle it at its roots. Are we ready to listen from these people, to learn from their experience, and to put their teaching into practice? Well then, here goes nothing. Welcome to this episode of Mistaken Identity. Today, we're talking about the common misconceptions around Islam that turn Muslims into a community at high risk of mistaken identity-based discrimination. As I'm not Muslim myself, I will be having this conversation with someone far more knowledgeable than me on the subject. We will hopefully be able to guide each other and you, our listeners, in a conversation aimed at understanding what our role is in putting a stop to this harmful behavior. Without further ado, I introduce Sabah Abdi, who at 27 years old is one of Britain's youngest imams. Sabah decided at the age of 17 that he wanted to be an imam, so he studied for seven years before his dream finally became reality. During lockdown, he started using social media under the name The Young Imam to show the world a different narrative about who can be an imam, what is Islam, and most importantly, why people should not be scared of it. Now, Sabah is the co-host of the soon-to-launch podcast, A Change of Heart, which interviews former extremists who have now broken free from hate. Thank you for being here, Sabah. Thank you for having me. Can you describe yourself just using three words? <laughs> okay. Sociable. Yes. Hardworking and loving. That is very nice. I like loving. It's a good segue for the conversation. Loving because you're a family man, loving because you're a, you're a Muslim. And as you say, Islam is uh, the word, as I've heard you say, it comes from peace in Arabic. So it is a, a religion of peace, of, of love. Hmm. I'm assuming, well, you know, faith is a big part of your life. So do you think that the knowledge that Muslims have of Islam differs a lot from the perception that non-Muslim people have about it? A third of Britons feel that Islam threatens the British way of life. And that's a big number. A reason why people have these fears is because, unfortunately, what they see on the TV, in the media, is a negative portrayal of what Islam really is. So, yeah, I do feel like the image people have and the understanding people have of Islam is definitely different to what Muslims actually, how Muslims practice their faith mm. and what they know and learn about Islam on a day-to-day basis and that it truly is of love, peace and harmony. And also Islam teaches that you cannot fulfill God's rights until you fulfill the rights of his creation. So that is a massive teaching within Islam, which itself eliminates any room for perceptions or misunderstandings of Islam to be a religion of violence and terror. Yeah, you mentioned, you know, movies and, and TVs and as an avid Netflix watcher, I've, uh, I've actually come across a few of those examples that you talk about. But have you ever experienced in your personal life, you know, someone coming to you and approaching you thinking that you were 
something whereas maybe or something else thinking that for example you have certain ideas about a certain topic whereas your ideas are completely different if they just taken a minute to listen to you and to get to know you then they would know it that this happened to you personally i've been a victim of hate and abuse on social media and online especially when it comes down to people perceiving me to be someone which i'm not so i've had the you're here to take over britain you're here to establish sharia law me and my wife have been subjected to unwanted attention is the best way to put it on the tube in london because she was head scarf she's a white british convert to islam i'm a pakistani british living in london with a beard so we've been subjected to comments and stares and looks on the underground in london itself which has been uncalled for and unwarranted of course but that's the reality of life unfortunately in this day and age but it is what it is and as muslims if we don't create the platform for conversation and dialogue and allow people to ask questions this hate and abuse and misunderstandings and misconceptions will remain hence why i try to be as active as i can on social media to allow people that space the safe space to ask questions and have a conversation this whole podcast is about understanding how we can work towards eliminating these kinds of prejudices but obviously you know first we need to understand them so you mentioned tv shows films as one reason of it but why do you think that it is so easy for people to create an idea of you that fits their own preconceived notions why is it so easy to essentially put people in just in standardized boxes i think a lot of it is very good point which you've made a lot of it is lack of interaction the way you understand anything in life is through education so even in school for you to understand something you have to study that certain topic for you to fully comprehend what's being taught and what that subject consists of in the same way it's very easy for us to make perceptions and create ideas in our head about a certain topic or subject or an individual without talking to them or meeting them or having any interaction with them per se about us about them about their faith about their religion about their beliefs so i think it's really important for people to address and understand and educate themselves before making these understandings or what they think is an understandings or perceptions of islam and muslims because it can be very dangerous and it can lead you down a path of hate and um aggression and animosity and it's it's integral for everyone regardless of them being a muslim or not regardless of their faith to have a sense of humanity and to reach out to other people in a respectful manner in in a manner which is understanding and polite and have a conversation with people and ask questions if they're unsure about something rather than creating this warped perception of an individual based on what they see in the media based on what they see on the tv based on what they see on social media because it can be very damaging yes is this why you started using social media to spread your message during lockdown what sparked this desire to to change it just to give people the opportunity to ask questions uh, to a muslim get to know what muslim is like get to see what life is like as a father as an imam as a muslim as a british citizen living in london because people have never met a muslim before and i know that's a fact 
So I felt like social media is the, one of the fastest growing ways that people educate themselves about contemporary issues, about current affairs. And it's such a fast growing platform that I felt there was a niche in that market of someone like me who could try and help change people's perceptions of Islam. So not only during lockdown, but also before I started, I started using Instagram. But during lockdown, especially, I tried to use my platform to do Instagram lives and interact with people to, number one, help them get through lockdown because it was a tough time for everyone who was um, going through this time of uncertainty, of new experiences, of fear and worry. And they were looking for a rope of hope, somewhere to turn to, to find comfort. And I felt like I was able to offer that shoulder for people to turn to, to look for that rope of hope and instill them with hope, positivity and faith and encourage them to pray and connect with a supreme being. As Muslims, we believe that the purpose of creation is to worship God Almighty and there's a lot of peace and comfort through worship. So yeah, I use my, so, uh, my social media platforms to help facilitate that. And by the grace of God, it went well. People were happy to interact and they said, look, we're finding a lot of peace and comfort through your page, so keep doing what you're doing. And I, I've kept that on since then. And for me, it's been beneficial. That is fantastic to hear. I mean, I already knew a bit about it. And it's, uh, I have to say, it's good to also see that your impact is, uh, is reflected in the high levels of engagement you have online. Thank you. Obviously, the engagement, you know, it's, uh, it's positive and it's negative. And when it's negative, it's... Uh, it's coming sometimes from people who don't share your religion and they don't understand it, from people who do share it, but maybe they have different views and they might not agree with your message specific, classic internet trolls. What gives you strength strength to just continue this this work? It sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it is, it is a lot of work. Um, for those individuals who do run social media platforms across the spectrum, one, two or three platforms, it is a lot of work. It's not easy. It's not easy to face that. The challenge of being subjected to abuse and hate. But at the end of the day, look, I'm not doing it for my sake. This is for the sake of my faith and my religion. Sometimes it's important to just disengage yourself with those individuals who do send that hate and abuse. When I do receive those comments, I just simply reply with prayers and love because you can't fight fire with fire. It doesn't work. So... It's challenging, it's tough, it's not easy, but I feel like the benefits outweigh the negatives. I get a lot more, I get many more positive comments compared to negative comments, which is always nice. And it's also motivational to see that it's having a positive impact on people and to be part of people's journeys through their life, whether they're becoming a Muslim and joining the faith or they're starting their own journey of, of their journey to a different faith. And it's I always encourage people to, um, whatever faith they believe in, whatever, whatever religion they associate themselves with, to follow that, the true teachings of that faith. I'm not here to convert anyone to my faith. I'm not here to say my faith is better than their faith or what they believe in is wrong. Rather, Islam teaches in the Holy Quran that for you, your religion, and for me, my religion. So it's really important to understand and have sympathy and empathy for others in regards to what they believe in and to build relationships on mutual understanding and love and harmony. Yes. Part of this uh, journey that we're on with this podcast is trying to understand, you know, how people can come together and, uh, you know, work 
towards eliminating these prejudices? And obviously you did, you know, you already answered this extensively actually, and, and your work speaks for yourself. What I'm interested in is the is also the community side of it. You know, how can communities come together, not just simple individuals? I know that you're part of the Ahmadiyya community and I know that it's uh, it's got a particular stand within the Muslim community. I wanted to ask you if, uh, if you wanted to touch on that, maybe? Sure. So um, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is a, as a sect, a denomination within Islam. We believe in the Imam of the Age, the Messiah, and his name is Hazrat Mizzoghullah Muhammad of Qadiyan. We believe him to be the Messiah and the reformer of this day and age. Now, because of this belief, the Muslim community worldwide do not accept us to be Muslims. That in Pakistan, laws have been passed which say that we cannot call the prayer in our mosques. We cannot call ourselves Muslims. And if we do, then we will be imprisoned. And we have many people, unfortunately, who are imprisoned because of their beliefs. We have people who have been killed, are martyrs because of the belief which they hold and they're part of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and it is a very sad state of affairs. But within Islam, nobody has the right to dictate, categorize someone to not be a Muslim. Ultimately, God is the almighty and all powerful and I'm not here to say you are Muslim or you're not Muslim. We're answerable for our own actions in life. So I think it's really important for people to understand that the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is, is, is a persecuted community in certain countries across the world. We have a global caliph, the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. His name is Hazrat Mizam Masood Ahmed, and he resides in Tilford, just outside of London. And he is the worldwide head of the community. He is the caliph. I think for people who are listening to the podcast, they may ask a question on what is a caliph, because it's a very loaded word in this day and age. There are a lot of misconceptions around that. What the caliph is to members of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community worldwide one way to understand that is what the Pope is to Catholics across the world. A caliph is not here to take over the world. A caliphate is not here to establish Sharia law. The caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community has not got any political interests. He is simply the head, worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And that, and that should hopefully clear the air in terms of people perceiving a caliph or a caliphate to be something or someone who is coming to take over the world, and it's not, unfortunately. People have seen the likes of ISIS and other terrorist organizations, very sadly, who have painted a very distorted image of Islam. And people use that every day to create their own image and ideas of Muslims and Islam across the world. So I think it's really important to clarify what a caliph and caliphate is. And I sincerely hope that through what I've said, people will know what a true caliph and caliphate is. Yes, of course. I think it was important to look at this perspective about community because it is something that people don't really know that it's not just about external conflicts. It's not just that certain faiths are victims of misconceptions by the outside world, but there's also a lot of differences among us. So it's just, I think it's interesting. It's good to point out that these are, are common just among us and the work that we do is aimed at everyone with the aim of like trying to make people understand what our faith and you know everything is about. I wanted to ask you one last thing. 
you are co-hosting a podcast that is about to launch. Do you want to tell me a bit more about it? Of course, I'd love to. The podcast which myself and Atif Rashid, a BBC journalist in London, are working on is called A Change of Heart. And that podcast essentially aims to interview people who may have had ideas of, of a certain faith, a negative idea, perception of a faith, and how through interactions and meeting people and reading and educating themselves, they have had literally a change of heart. So this podcast is a, a series of interviews and conversations with individuals, understanding their journey, and hopefully allowing people to listen to this, connect with this, and find some assimilation maybe with their own lives. And through that assimilation will allow them to hopefully, inshallah, finish or eradicate or destroy any negative perceptions they may have of a certain faith or group, whether that's Islam, Christianity, Judaism, or whatever story that individual has to tell. And I think it's really important to give people that platform, give people that voice to talk about their journey so others can connect with it. And we aim to make every society in which we live in one of peace, one of love, and one which is able to accept everybody, regardless of the language they speak or the colour of their skin or the faith which they belong to. Well, I could not agree with you more, Sabah. <laughs> not one bit. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. It's been a privilege to have a conversation with you and listen to your fresh insight on how to counter misleading narratives and the consequences that they have on regular people and their everyday life. So uh, thank you. I'm humbled. Thank you for the opportunity. You have been listening to Mistaken Identities, a conversation series about the psychology behind discrimination seen through the eyes of those who have been on the unkind receiving end of it. Mistaken Identities is brought to you as part of the Empowering Dialogue and Interfaith Network project known as Eden. This is made possible thanks to the United Nations Alliance of Civilization and the Office of Counterterrorism. If this project tickles you, go check out the other campaigns that are part of it using the hashtag Eden. A massive thank you to our guests who find a time to educate us all on how to be respectful yet still curious human beings and for joining me in imagining the big change that individuals can affect on their own. Lastly, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you, our listeners, because even just one of you makes this work meaningful. So, take care of yourselves and take care of each other.